The Deep Analysis Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to the Deep Analysis Podcast. It's been a while, quite a while, in fact, but the lockdown has given us a chance to record some new episodes, and we've got some great stuff coming up. I mean, at Deep Analysis, we, well, we help organizations define their technology strategies and you know the processes we undertake to do a lot of that research involves talking to people to industry leaders that's a key part of what we do today is a two-parter and it does indeed involve talking to an industry leader in fact a bit of a silicon valley legend in my book robin daniels formerly of box cmo of WeWork. Um, of LinkedIn, and now with Matterport. Oh, and he's also a founder of the Nordic investment firm, by Founders. In this first podcast, uh, we're going to really explore shifts in perceptions within Silicon Valley um, during this pandemic period, whether all the changes here are really going to affect the way that Silicon Valley views investments and startups. And in the following podcast, going to look more closely at the Nordic region and how that differs and how the startup community, the tech community works there. Well, I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Robin. Uh, It's a great one, but I have to start by giving a bit of an apology in advance because despite being tech insiders, there was a lot of problems with uh, bandwidth and recording here, but we've done our best uh, to improve the audio as best we can and uh, hopefully you will enjoy this conversation. So let's join it uh, right now. Uh, Myself, talking with Robin Daniels. Hi, this is Alan Pelt-Sharp with Deep Analysis. And today I have a guy I've known for quite some years. I don't actually remember how long, but a long time now. uh, Robin Daniels, who's uh, in my book at least a bit of a Silicon Valley legend. Robin, welcome, and uh, thank you, thank you for being here, and thanks for the uh, the kind words. Oh well, <laughs> uh, well, fill in those kind words a little bit. Tell us what you think. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I was born and raised in Denmark, and uh, I came uh, right at the height of the dot com boom to the United States. I bought a one way ticket, and on February first, two thousand, I came to the United States. I didn't have a job, I didn't have a place to stay, I'd never been to California, I never met a single person from California. I just had a dream of going. I was 21 at the time and everybody was hiring and I had some good, good skills. I was, you know, a web programmer. So I knew how to create websites and, and, and so on. And so everybody was hiring and I was just interviewing a lot for the first couple of weeks and I got a job. So I'm like, no, that actually wasn't too hard. So everybody was like, but then a month later in March 2000, the whole market crashed. And I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? You know, I thought this was going to go on forever. I was young and inexperienced. And, and it just kept getting worse and worse, you know, layoffs and, and the economy got pretty depressed. And then, of course, 9-11 happened to kind of be a, a one-two punch on, on, on that downturn. So it was, it was pretty pretty rough for a while. And it's interesting being here 20 years later, reflecting back on just my 20 years in, in, in Silicon Valley and so on. Again, here in March of 2020 now, we're in a pretty severe downturn and there's a lot of uncertainty and it's pretty scary for you know, myself and a lot of people, because we don't really know what, what's on the other side. Uh, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know what the other side looks like. Of course, there's, there's some positives that are that are coming out of it. I'm trying to focus on that because it, it, can, it can feel just, you know, like everything is out of your control. But 
it's definitely forcing us to reevaluate, I think, in many ways, what we value in life, you know, mm-hmm. what we value about each, each other, how we value about society, the things that we care about and what we want to spend our time on, how we want to sh- share our energy with the world. And I think that there's, there's some good things coming out of it, despite it being obviously very tough right now. And, you know, you and I have commiserated a little bit about just the impact it's having on our lives, you know, but, but it is, I think, in some ways, a reset that in some ways, hopefully in the long term is healthy, just like the reset in 2000, you know, it was tough during the time, but it actually reset our values in some way. And it reset the crazy valuations we had around companies and the skewed, you know, nonstop pursuit of just growth, growth, growth for growth sakes or crazy valuations or IPOs. Like it, it reset the values in some way. Again, in 2007, with that crash, reset our values a little bit again, even though it's tough. The only thing I think that's a little different here besides the economic uncertainty is just that People are literally dying, which is, which is of course, yeah. something that we want to avoid at all costs. And, and we don't know the impact that's going to have on society in the long term. So we have to just look out for each other. But it is, again, I think, forcing us to care for each other in new and unexpected ways and, and share our love and energy with each other in a so, way that can be felt. So we, I mean, you physically arrived, uh, and I guess I did in, in spurts, uh, around the same time. <laughs> Actually, yeah, <laughs> um, well, I, was, I was there at the peak of the dot com boom, and and then I I'll, I'll literally never forget going back to London and back. I'm going to say six months later, <laughs> riding down the 101 with hardly yeah. any traffic. And right, it was right. <laughs> I mean, I I, I I use this word cautiously, but it it genuinely felt apocalyptic. It, it was hard to yeah. fathom that I was back in the same place. So, 100%. as you say, we've been through these things, but I'm just wondering, I mean, with Silicon Valley and the Silicon Valley mindset, do yeah. you think this is going to be a bit of a reset for them? I mean, yes, valuations, etc., and who's going to mm-hmm. invest in who, mm-hmm. but let me be provocative here. A lot mm-hmm. of enterprise IT, I, mm-hmm. I'd argue virtually all enterprise IT, has always been focused on, it's going to be faster. It's going to be efficient. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. It's going to lower cost. We never actually say it's going to cut lots of jobs, but it is. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's actually yeah. how you save your money and get more efficient. <laughs> right. But do you think maybe there's going to be a little bit of a reset here that that is not maybe better? It might be faster. Yeah. It might be more efficient. Yeah. It might cost you less. But is it in the fullest sense of the word right? And is it the right way to move forward? I think it's, it's a really great question. And I, I think you're right. It's a proper question. And, and I mean, I don't have the full answer, but I, my sense is, and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from my friends and, and so on is, I think it's starting to put a really sharp focus on what is essential and what is non-essential. And there's a lot of technologies out there uh, and platforms and companies that have done well and help in some way your company and probably in, in the best of times will make your life easier. But could you live without them? Probably. You know, uh, have you lived without them before? Yeah, probably. And you, your company has done fine. Uh, and so I think there's going to be a much sharper focus on what's essential and what's not. And I think that's, that, that has, of course, a couple of different effects. I think buyers are going to look at that way more closely, which is, which is obvious. But I also think it's going to mean that uh, uh, talent or people who want to work for companies are going to start looking at that a lot more. And I would say there's a lot of companies I, that I engage with that were great, amazing platforms. They're going to do well, but I would classify as non-essential. 
And as, as the crisis started taking hold, and I was starting to think about more serious about engaging with, with where, where do I want to spend my time, where, which company do I want to join, I really started like thinking about companies in three different categories. I, th- I thought there are the, the first category of companies that are, you know, that have found something that's missing in a lot of other platforms or uh, something that they could probably do a little incrementally better. Now, hey, you know, there's not a great way to do marketing and analytics, so let's create a company that, that focuses on that. Or let's create a, a company that, that is really around, you know, better engagement on your website and so on. They're going to do great. They're growing fast. But have you lived without them before? Yeah, you probably have. And, and are they absolutely essential? I don't know if they are, but they'll, they'll probably do well in, in good times uh, and they'll, they'll probably have good exits. I think the second category of companies are companies that are really trying to fundamentally change think, how people work, how people engage, how people interact. You know, I would put companies like Slack in that category, Asana, Box, Dropbox, and so on. Really fundamentally change how we think about work and getting work done in a mass scale and change our behaviors in a very deep way. And it would be pretty detrimental if you lost these applications. And then I think there's a couple of companies that are in the third category of companies that are really trying to ultimately change the world. And there's not many of them out there, but if they succeed, they're trying to change the the relationship you have to each other, to society, to the physical world around you. You know, I think of companies like, uh, you know, I know Airbnb, is, of course, is, is going through tough times, but they change our relationship that we have with each other, with society. I think Salesforce is in that category. Whole, whole economies are created on Salesforce now. Whole careers are created on Salesforce. They have fundamentally changed the nature of reality because of their success. Uh, and I think companies can certainly move through the different categories. You can start as a as a category two company, you know, and eventually maybe if you become successful enough, you can graduate into being one of those world-changing companies. Uh, the reason I'm sharing this is as I was starting to look at companies that I wanted to join, and I think people are doing this, they're starting to think about, well, what's essential? What can really be game-changing and, and absolutely necessary? So it's not just about who's selling what and, and, and what companies are getting the right valuations, but it's also about what, how you can attract uh, talent to the right people. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, for me, it's... You know, I've been an analyst a long time. I, I think I met you first when you were with Box. Um, I think so. I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. About 10 years ago, right? I, uh, yeah, at least. Probably. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I mean, you're right. People like Box and Dropbox. It was a simple concept, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. I want to access anything, anytime, on any device. Why, why can't I do that? Fair question. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the fact exactly. is, you can, exactly. and they fix it. You know, good, good for them. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I get that box being checked. My life as an analyst, I've spent so much time working with Silicon Valley companies. I've always been fascinated by the bubble that we build another Slack, that we mm-hmm. build another type of box slash Dropbox, yeah. whatever, yeah. and yet. When it comes to, dare I say it, the real world of supply chain, of the food chain, of um, manufacturing, Silicon Valley has seldom ever been interested in that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I, I'm just wondering if maybe there's going to be a shift there because if, if nothing else, we're all actually aware that there is a food supply chain now. Yeah, it's true. You know? yeah. So I'm wondering about things like that. And I'm just thinking, I mean, I know you've worked with um, VC-funded companies and more established 
companies um, and you've worked with the investment community on occasions. If you were one of the big VCs, would you be shifting? I mean, apart from just getting through this current crisis, would you be shifting your investment priorities? It's a great question. I don't, I don't have a great answer because I haven't seen it yet happen. I think there's probably a lot of discussion would be my guess, honestly, around that happening. So you've, you've been in, in this industry for a long time and following it. The reason why tech is so, so of course, attractive is because you get just exponential growth, which is very hard to get in any other industry. I mean, I saw it, you know, firsthand with, with WeWork, certainly, right, in, in terms of, uh, it's hard to build great software. It really is. But once you've built it, you can really sell it to anyone, anywhere, and you can scale it as fast as you can. It's just not true of any physical product or physical industry that you're in. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't be attractive and they're not, in essence, more essential, like to that point we were just talking about. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Many people are realizing that these things that we've taken for granted that have seen low value, you know, even the jobs that have seen low value are actually more essential than ever uh, than, than many of the other, other things that we have put a value on. So if it's a great question. I would, I would have guessed so. I would, I would certainly guess so that people are, that investors are going to focus more on things that can really impact the, the physical world. I think it's, it's also, you know, if we, if we think about it, um, you know, when I use the term supply chain, I mean, that, that, that can mean anything to anybody, right? You can, you can have a legal supply chain, um, you know, various mm-hmm. legal offices and paralegals and, and the, the justice. Yeah. Yeah. That, to me, is the bit that Silicon Valley has never, it's always dealt with silos. It's always yeah. dealt with pockets. It's never taken a st- I'm giving Silicon Valley a really hard time here, I know, but it's mm-hmm. never taken a step back and said, oh, it's part mm-hmm. of a big ecosystem. What if I built something that harmonized the ecosystem? Yeah. From my perspective as an analyst, there's been few companies that's ever been brave enough to say, I think I could really innovate on a big scale in the real world of commerce. Everybody pick it, picks pockets. And I guess that's partly because the investors want to get out, right, in yep. X, X yep. years. You go back to the crossing the chasm thing, focus, focus on this department in pharmaceutical. And if, if you get mm-hmm. that, then you'll get your exit and then somebody else can jump the chasm for you or whatever. And I'm just wondering if, if that mindset, yes, it still works. But if it's in need of a bit of a reset, people need to start thinking bigger, which is, seems ironic when we're talking Silicon Valley because it's a place of big thinking and big thoughts. But I wonder if yeah. in, a, in a strange way, it's actually, it's actually small-minded. It's, it's very narrowly focused at times. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. This is also one of the reasons. So a couple of years ago, I was part of the founding team of a, of a new group, of an investment group, uh, that was started out in Denmark called By Founders, which was really all about how can we support um, VX small companies that are starting up in the Nordics, uh, in the Scandinavian ecosystem, the Nordic ecosystem. The thesis was they are creating companies that have much deeper tech and, and much deeper thesis and, and really the values that they are they have because the values over there are very different, I think, than the values in the US and certainly Silicon Valley can have a bigger impact on the world. And something I, I wrote about recently is that I think the world is, is uh, ready for a reset on not just valuing revenue above of everything else or valuations, but also the value you ultimately deliver to people. 
And this is a hard one to, to, to do. I think it's, it's really hard for most companies to know exactly what, what value you deliver to, to the world of it. But I'll give you an example. And I, I know it's, it's, a, it's another tech example, but something I think about, you know, a lot is uh, Spotify, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a platform, again, started in Sweden, right? And I pay, what, $10 a month for it. It gives me nearly more joy than anything because I can listen to whatever music I want whenever I want. And it just enhances my life and my emotional happiness so much. I would pay 10 times more <laughs> if, if they asked for it because it's just it's such a value add versus other things that come out of, you know, especially Silicon Valley where you think, well, is the value exchange really that high or is it really that again comes comes down to the the essence that we were talking about is, is are we valuing the wrong things because we're you're buying maybe a platform that helps you prospect faster or market faster or so on versus to your point you know is it something that is ultimately changing the the, the supply chain of things or the ultimate happiness i would love to see a customer deliver uh, customer value or customer happiness ranking somehow and I think that's very hard to do, but I think that would, that would change the nature of how we value companies. I think the rank would be very different than if you just look at the, the Dow or the Fortune 500 and so on that are all ranked on basically, you know, just revenue or profit, right? Yes, and, in, and indeed, and in a strange way, that's a, a parallel discussion, um, which I probably shouldn't be talking about on a podcast, actually, but um, a deep analysis we've been talking for some time, and, and we've, we've been saying, oh, yeah, we focus on innovation and where, mm-hmm. you know, the information mm-hmm. management industry is going. And, yeah, I found, I just it suddenly dawned on me one day after a call with somebody that every time I use the word innovation, I end up sort of apologizing I end up saying, well, of course, that can mean anything to anybody. And it's true. Uh, and in Silicon Valley, there's certainly been no lack of innovation. Mm-hmm. But where I, I think maybe there has been a lack is imagination. Yeah. In seeing that bigger picture, to your point, how would this really benefit people? How could this be the yeah. starting point for something to grow? And you just, I mean, there's a company, I, would be, I definitely won't, won't mention their name, who I know pretty well, and they've raised uh, really quite a lot of money. And what yeah. they have, I have to say, is quite brilliant. It's incredibly innovative. <laughs> and I have no idea why anybody would want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that out there, Alan. <laughs> I, oh, I know, I know. I mean, they're on, they're on another round of funding, and I think, and I'm being serious, this new round of funding, I think, is now to work out where they can sell it. And, and you, you've lived this life, and yeah, people yeah. who haven't don't believe it, but it's not that uncommon. No. That it's somebody's come in and said, oh, you know, blah, 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 and everybody's going to go crazy, mm-hmm. and Microsoft's yeah. going to be scared by this. I mean, of course they're yeah. not. Yeah, but you don't get that many. I don't get early, early pitches. I talk to early startups, right? They've already got some funding yeah. in most cases. For sure. And when yeah. I speak to them, I, I'm, I'm just like, I mean, honestly, it's my first question. Why yeah. would somebody want to buy this? And they'll say, oh, because it's better than the way they're doing it now. And I always give us a terrible analogy, but I always say, well, yeah, there's a house about a mile from here, which is much better than mine, and it's on the market, but I live here. I mean, yeah, that's, I right, that's right. I, it's funny, I, gave a, I was giving a, a presentation yesterday to a European conference, my first virtual one, and I started off by saying, because the, the presentation was about marketing, how to think about marketing, 
And I said that the most fundamental aspect of marketing is answering two questions. Why this product? Basically, why your company? Uh, why this product? And why now? And, very, and most people are great at answering the first question. And they're really horrible at answering the second question. But there's a lot. There's a lot of like innovation out there. A lot of great ideas. Tons of great ideas. So, so many times I'm introduced to things and I go, that's amazing. I love it. Uh, but I don't really know if I need it right now. Unless you can answer the second question, you're going to really struggle, I think. Really struggle with getting any kind of traction. And I think to your point, that's what you're seeing. There is a lot of innovations with that. Not just Silicon Valley, all around the world. But so many companies fail because they haven't answered the question of why anybody should care and why anybody should care right now. No, and as I say, I use the term Silicon Valley very loosely. I mean, we have a great tech scene here in Boston and obviously other places in the U.S. and, and in fact, as you say, all around the world. Obviously, Silicon Valley is sort of the, the star child of this. That's why you bought a one-way ticket, right? And um, yep. everybody wants to be there. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And uh, hopefully you'll join us for part two where we look at the Nordic region. And as always, um, if you would like some help, some guidance with your technology strategy, your go-to-market strategy, your exit strategy, whatever strategy it is, do think about giving us a call and at least having a conversation. We'd love to talk to you. And so until the next one, bye for now, stay safe and be well.